Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at the Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training website. We're located in southern Oregon in the Medford-White City area, and this podcast is going to be discussing the topic of beyond the bug-out bag for the next few weeks. I promise not to go too long each week because this is a big topic, and I want to take small bites to make this topic easier to digest. I'll also be updating you on availabilities here at the website, as well as upcoming events and promotions. Now, as we get done with each section, I'll be adding the links to our website that I used to research each segment. I found some very interesting products and sites to visit. Please bear in mind these are not recommendations or endorsements, but a source of information that I found doing research that I think may be useful to you. Please keep me informed how that's working out, and I do want to remind you that the opinions expressed on this program are just that, my opinions. I also value your opinion and input, so I'm going to put the podcast at wits-end.com email address, and I'd like to hear from you. If you have other ideas and other suggestions, bear in mind, we are pre-recorded, so it'll take a week or so to get get back to you, but I do want to hear what you got to say. Okay, as I researched this, I got the feeling that psychological preparedness, having a good mindset, a good plan, is equally as important to having an actual bug-out bag. Without it, you got a 50-pound backpack. So I'm going to try and split the focus of these sessions into two areas. They both must be present for the item to work effectively. The actual bag itself, something you're going to use for the first 24 to 48 hours, and the proper mindset and headspace to use that bag effectively. To begin, you're also going to need a plan. Now your bag, and I'm putting the little air quotes here, may not actually be a backpack. Some people have a series of caches or locations of items they've stored ahead, and they've made quite an extensive list. So, today is going to be kind of an overview of the weeks ahead. We'll go into detail uh, each week on different topics. Let me begin with the story. I was involved in the Northridge earthquake. Now, I was literally thrown out of bed by the impact of the quake, and the family and I ducked and covered, and we followed all the good things you should do in the event of an earthquake. We lived in Southern California at the time. That's earthquake country, and it pays to be informed. Okay. After that, I grabbed my bug-out bag, and we got out in the yard away from all those dangerous things that can fall on you, and it was then we discovered one of our neighbors had cut their arm very badly on some glass. I immediately dived into the bug-out bag. Now, I was super proud of this bag. I had done a lot of research, and I found the most expensive, uh, most intriguing-looking bag I could get. And what I did, quite foolishly, was throw money at the problem. I didn't think I bought. So I ripped open my first aid kit, finally found it in this huge bag of stuff, popped open the box, and in there are some adhesive strips, I won't even call them band-aids, that's disrespectful to the product, that didn't stick. And they were one inch long, which on a four inch slash on someone's arm is totally useless, but never fear, I knew I needed some gauze. Reached in, found the gauze, and, well, my wife could have used it quite effectively, 
to take off makeup. They were those little one-inch squares. They were totally useless. I had to take the entire package and put them on the person's arm. Fortunately, an additional neighbor had a much better pack, and we were able to solve this person's medical problem. But what if there hadn't been that other neighbor? The bottom line is, that was a life-changing experience for me. I found out you don't just throw money. You don't just go into a store and somebody says, this is what you need. How do you know that? Now, in my research, I want to publicly state I have found some excellent products, some well-thought-out sources, and some really useful things. And I'm going to try and go into detail on those in the weeks to come. Again, my opinion. What I'm trying to get across to you here is if you've got a bug-out bag excellent. Have you been through it? Do you know what's in it? Do you know how to use what's in it? All of these things make for effective emergency preparation. I left you with a question last week. What if an event happened right now? Are you at home? Are you in the car? Are you at school? Are you in public transportation? Depending upon where you are, Depending upon your actual physical location, you don't get to pick the when something happens. All you get to prepare for is what you're going to do. And every place you are, the preparation is going to be different. Let me explain. If you're at home, home is usually the place you're going to be the most prepared. You'll have some things put aside. You may have some extra medication. You may have some extra food. You may have some extra water. Okay, First, we're at home about 30% of the time. What happens if you can't stay? Sheriff comes to the door, firefighter comes to the door, pounds on it, you got five minutes to get out. Happened to a friend of mine this summer. Here in southern Oregon and northern California, we had a horrific fire season. And that knock on the door means, boom, you got to go. Are you prepared? What if you're at work? I'm presently at my work location. I spend about 60 to 70% of my time at work. If I am at work and I cannot leave work due to whatever happens, I can't get out on the roads, or I must leave work immediately and go, what are my steps? What am I going to do? Or more appropriately, what are you, gentle listener, going to do? Let's change it just a little bit. Let's look at being in transit, being on the highway. I'll tell you, being caught on the highway is a whole different scenario. I have a stash in my car of items that I'm going to use. This comes from being caught in gridlock on the freeway for like six hours down by the where the 5 and the 10 meet going into San Diego. It was horrific. 32 lanes of traffic, not moving. You need to have something in your car. So let's talk about the bug out bag. What is it? Well, it is a collection of supplies that you have prepared, either by purchasing or by creating it yourself, that you're going to use for the next 24 to 48 hours in the event you cannot stay where you are or you're stuck where you are and can't get to where the things that you normally have and need are available. To build a bug-out bag, that's part of it. But as I mentioned in the introduction, you have to have a plan. You have to have ideas. You have to have discussed this with the family. What incidents are likely to occur in your area? In my area, well, as I mentioned, we had fires. Earthquakes are a possibility here. Power failures are a regular event. And because we get seasons here, 
You can get caught in the snow or an ice storm, or it can be very cold. You can have a whiteout. Okay. Once you analyze what can realistically occur in your area, let's look at the other type of events that there are. The grid can go down. There can be civil unrest. There can be acts of terrorism. Swinging over to the natural side, there can be fires, floods, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, epidemics or pandemics, and to really ramp up the oh-my-gosh meter, a nuclear event, and that could mean either a reactor springs a leak or is damaged, or there's an attack. And one part of this that a lot of people don't take seriously or are not aware of is the EMP consequences, electromagnetic pulse, that can be generated. And that is very serious. So look at the incidents that are likely to occur. What are your personal strengths and weaknesses? And this is the time when you have to be brutally honest with yourself. And if you're in a family, family members need to be brutally honest with each other. How's your health? How's your ability to be mobile? Can you walk 20 miles? Have you walked 20 miles? Do you have a bicycle in case the car doesn't work, or a skateboard, or roller skates, or anything that's going to get you mobile in an emergency situation? Do you panic? Are you fearful? Personal strength and weakness. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you know what you're capable of. Going back to the old uh, Clint Eastwood quote, a man's got to know his limitations. So does a woman. So does a child. What are you capable of doing? What are you not capable of doing? And this goes to both psychological preparation and physical preparation. I'll use myself as an example. I am no longer able to walk. 20 miles. I've got a back injury and a bad leg. I'm going to get left behind. Sorry. That's just going to happen. Where did Grandpa go? He'll catch up. And I will. Knowing that, that has helped me build my plan. Where are you going to go? Plan on having more than one destination. Have a specific destination in mind. I asked somebody this question, what if something happened right now? Oh, I'm going to Medford. Uh... Pretty big target there, Carl. Uh, what what have we got a little more specific location? And how you're going to get there. We've all been on the freeway when there's an automobile accident and uh, seen what happens. Can you imagine in an emergency situation how that gets? We've all seen the news footage. What are your alternate routes? Study the map. Study the area. If you have to walk, calculate how fast you're going to be able to travel. I'm just me. I'm a family of one. But what if it's mom, dad, and the kids? You, your partner, and the little ones. Or what if you're older? 65, 70, 75. That's going to be a lot different than if you're a teenager. Medical issues that we all have. And this is the time you've got to, again, look inside your head and see how you're doing. Do you have a chronic condition? And by that I mean high blood pressure, diabetes, or you're on oxygen. Are there things you're going to need to take care of? Will you have access to the necessary medications? Do you have them available? Okay, let's take a look at what happens in a serious situation in the first 24 to 48 hours. The first thing, if there is an immediate action required, if you are in danger, fire, earthquake, acts of terrorism, whatever, something that just really scares you, you are going to get an adrenaline spike. A lot of people forget about this. The good part of the adrenaline spike is this is what allows a mother to pick up a Buick and 
free her child. It's that emergency Hulk-like strength. But once that dump of chemistry, which happens automatically, it's part of your fight-or-flight reaction, once that chemistry happens, it's going to wear off. And when it wears off and drops, you're going to start having reactions to an adrenaline jolt. Worthwhile reading. I'll see if I can find some good literature on it. It's much like what happens to diabetics when their uh, blood sugar drops. They're shaking. They're sweating. I've seen some people actually fall asleep or, or get groggy and lethargic. You have to be aware this is going to happen. This doesn't mean you're weak. This doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're a human being. And that's what's going to happen. Okay, let's talk just a little bit about the bags. The bug out bag in its simplest form is a backpack with five to eight items in it that you're going to use in an emergency situation. First thing should be in that bag is water. You gotta have water. You can't last more than a couple days, especially if you're physically active, without water. You have to know how to find it if you don't have it with you. You need to know how to purify or filter it once you do locate it. And you're going to have to have something to store it or contain it in. That could be a simple pot that you use to boil it, which you can also use to cook, or it can be one of those collapsible water bottles, or it can be a tank. It can be any number of things, but water is number one. Second thing you're going to need, if you're under exertion, if you're under extreme stress and worry, you're going to burn some serious calories. You're going to need food. Now, this can come in a variety of things. I've seen people who have a backpack full of granola bars. Well, okay, good luck with that. Uh, I have both MREs, meals ready to eat, and some of that dehydrated food. You're also going to need a way to prepare that food. Both the knowledge, how do I fix this? What do I do with this? And uh, utensils, a cup, a bowl, a metal bowl, and a a spork, and and you're there. One thing I find really useful, and I've seen this happen, uh, went on a camping trip a number of years ago when everybody brought stuff. Nobody brought a can opener. There's ways around that, but it can be pretty dangerous using the buck knife to try open the baked beans, especially if you're having that adrenaline jolt we talked about. So food needs to be discussed in detail. Light. Light is very important. It can be a flashlight. I personally like to have at least two flashlights around. One on my person, one on my briefcase. The little LED lights. Flashlights have undergone a wonderful change in the past 10 years. You can get really bright lights that run off a double-A battery. Another option are the glow sticks. Glow sticks can be very useful. You've seen them at Halloween, those things you break and they, they become a color. They do not all have to be green. They come in clear, they come in red, which are excellent at the scene of an accident, by the way. Probably should have some of those in the trunk. But light is essential, especially when the grid goes down. It's dark, boys and girls. It's really dark if you're away from the city. Okay, another item I have, and I think you are going to want, is a knife or an axe. Now, if you don't see the value of this, read the book Hatchet by Gary Paulson. It's amazing that things you can do with a good hatchet or a good axe. Some even come with uh, the surface, the head of the axe, that allows you to not only turn off gas valves, but to open fire hydrants 
an excellent source of water. And then you're going to want some fire starting options, uh, waterproof matches, Bic lighters. I mean, as I did research on this, I actually found a website that sold shoelaces you can pull the middle out of. You take them out of your hiking boots, pull the middle of your shoelaces out, and use it as tinder to help get a fire going. Fire, of course, is going to be necessary for heat and for cooking. It can also be used to scare animals away if you're in a rural setting. Shelter. There's an emergency shelter. I'll give you a link in the next couple of weeks to some emergency tents. Uh, They're basically aluminum foil that uh, you string up and crawl inside of, and it's going to help keep you warm. And as we touched on initially, first aid. Let's look at first aid. First aid kit is valuable, but not the one I had. I want to do a whole section on first aid kits. There's some really excellent resources out there, and I'm not talking about band-aids and sunscreen. I'm talking about tourniquets and clotting gauze that's going to be used for major injuries, which can and do occur in a serious situation. Now, combined with the first aid kit is the knowledge to use it. Use it correctly, especially when you're dealing with things like tourniquets and uh, major injuries, arterial bleeding, things like that. This is not something you watch a video on. This is something I'm getting trained on. This is something I feel is my responsibility as a human being to myself and my family to be able to use that first aid kit effectively. We'll have a lot more on that in the weeks to come. Also, over-the-counter stuff. Benadryl can be very useful for a number of things. You may need some sunscreen. How about a vial of those prescriptions you must take every day? And are you aware of the natural or homeopathic options. What plants can be useful? This is all down the road. I mean, just having a basic first aid kit that you've researched and can use uh, is very good. And then down the road, this is not going to happen tonight. We're not going to do this this weekend. You can go out, you can buy something. Okay, that's fine. Have to know how to use it. And I think the next really critical part, you have to be willing to use it. And this is important. I'm former military. I know what it's like to deal with someone who's bleeding and in pain. And when you have to make that decision, you don't have any gloves. You should. But you don't have any gloves. Here's someone bleeding. Have you ever handled a person's bloody arm? And I'm not trying to gross people out or make you go, Ew, here. That's your son on the ground. He's hurt. That's your wife. She's injured. You've got decisions to make. If you can't do it, you need to know that. And you need to have somebody who can. Do you faint at the sight of blood? Okay, we still like you. You need to know that about yourself. Are you willing to use that first aid kit? Other things that are good in a bug-out bag, what method of communication, or to charge your cell phone, or walkie-talkies, gloves. Gloves are very important. Mechanics gloves that have reinforcements in them. Down the road when we start talking about uh, a bug out bag, you also have to realize you're going to need something for defense. There's the psychological aspect and the physical aspect 
of this topic. I want to go into that in detail. Some people say I won't carry anything. Some people say I'm having pepper spray or mace. Some go for a taser. Some go for a firearm. Now firearms can be useful to secure food, protection from four-legged predators, and protection from two-legged predators. We should talk about firearms because there are a number of issues that you need to consider if you're going to include that in your bug-out bag. First of all, the ethical and legal requirements involved in carrying a concealed weapon. Some places, some work sites, do not allow you to carry a concealed weapon even if you have a permit. It's against company policy. There, as I mentioned, are the moral implications. Are you willing to use it? Just like with the first aid bag, are you able and are you willing to use it? It is not something you just pick up and begin to try in the heat of the moment. That's the worst possible thing you can do. And I have met many people who have said, no, I can't do that. That's your spouse or that's your child in danger. Reconsider the question, and if you can't, you should not. Just as with the first aid bag, you need training. Just as with the first aid kit or any other tool, you need to become familiar with it and be trained in the proper use. If this is something that interests you, we offer a number of classes here at Refuse to Be a Victim, Personal Protection Training. We have a concealed handgun license class coming up on October 20th. I will publicly state for the record that the CHL class I took here is the best CHL class I have ever experienced. I did take another one previously, realized I was in some really shallow water and wanted more information. So a CHL class, October 20th. A follow-up to that class is a concealed carry basics class. That's happening on November the 3rd. There's a tactical shotgun class. That is an impressive use of a shotgun for home defense. And for those more advanced shooters, we have scenario classes. The one on October 27th is full. It's sold out. But we have a scenario class coming up on November the 17th. And since you're here on the website, poke around in the classes page to get more information on the cost and availability. So we've dipped our big toe into the concept of the bug out bag. There's something you can grab, you throw a few granola bars in, bottle of Advil, and and call it good. Or there's an actual development of a plan that I think is very useful. Since I began researching this a little bit, again, using myself as an example, I was going to go online, I was going to buy a bug out bag. Looked like a good idea. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, yes, there's some good bags, but there's a lot more that goes with it. I now have in my car food and water. I have in my home food and water of a different type because there's different resources available. In the weeks to come, we're going to be talking about not only these things in more depth, but mental preparedness, uh, dealing with the psychological impacts, how to deal if you have small children or younger children, ways to keep the family together, what happens if people get separated, how do you deal 
with all of these stresses and these issues. Wow, that is a lot of stuff to consider, and I'd like you to do just that. Between now and next week, take a few moments. Think about this, how it applies to you. Does it apply to you? What type of specific issues might you, and if you have a family, might your family be involved with when you have to deal with this type of situation? Next time... Monday, October the 22nd, I'm going to begin looking at building or improving the bug out bag we have if we have to leave home, as well as mixing in some of the items we've been talking about today. I'm Bill Bateman, and this program is copyright. Refuse to be a victim personal protection training 2018. It may not be rebroadcast, edited, or sold without the express written permission of the company. It may be downloaded or shared by guests to this website for non-commercial purposes only. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us, and be safe out there.